Basketball's officially entered the second half of the season. This is the time for teams to prove if they're contenders or pretenders. And DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports, is giving new players a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Get in the action now to claim your free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes when using the code THPN during sign-up. Playing daily fantasy basketball is simple. Just pick at your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Feel the sweat like never before. Every dunk, steal, assist means so much more with a daily fantasy lineup from DraftKings. With DraftKings, payday comes every day for players. So what are you waiting for? Head to the app now. Download the DraftKings app now and use the code THPN during signup. This week, DraftKings is putting you in the action with a free shot at a million dollars in total prizes. That's code THPN, and you get a free shot at millions of dollars in prizes only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. You are now tuned in to the Windy City Benders Podcast. This is WCVP. All right, we're back with another edition of the WCB Podcast presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. It's Jerem. It's Tanner. Tanner, what's up, bud? Not much, you know, just having a good time. Decent week. Pretty great week, actually. Hawks didn't go completely, like, I don't know, on a win streak, but great news all around, you know. It. You know what? We we set the challenge out last week saying this was going to be a big week. Um, the Hawks must have listened because they, they did step up a little bit. Um. But yeah. it all only that matters is he's back. He's back. He's we all know what we're talking about. <laughs> you, if you're listening to this and you're a Hawks fan, you better know who we're talking about. The man, the myth, the legend. Doctor, Kirby. doctor, give me the news. <laughs> I got a bad case of Kirby Blues. <laughs> <laughs> but the Kirby Blues are cured. Kirby Doc back in the lineup. Good old Carlton giving us the old, oh, I don't know when he's going to be back. And he's got a long way to go. And they threw him on the first power play unit just because they want to keep him fresh in case he does when he does get back. And then, boom, the news dropped yesterday. It was like, what, half an hour before puck drop? Yeah, something like that. And yeah. I was, and then, I was so excited. <laughs> got, the, got the text from Noli, and I was like, are you fucking serious? <laughs> I thought he was fucking with us because I was like, there's no way. They literally just said he's like not. Like, not last even week, close. We, yeah, last week, we, the first thing we were talking about was how he said that Kirby Doc was not near returning. Yeah, he's far off. Like, he's making great progress, but he's so far off. You liar. <laughs> Transparency in the organization, my ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But yeah, we'll we'll get into that in a second. Um Hots so far as we're recording right now, played three of the four games they had this week. Uh they got game four against Nashville tonight. But two big games against Florida, who was kind of sitting at the top of the division with Tampa and the Hawks came out like the Hawks that we've been seeing most of the year. They came yeah. out flying, and there was some, some good hockey. Uh, first game, they uh, they topped Florida 3-2. They, uh, it was the first game back for Kaner at, at home, too, yeah. since he played his 1,000th game. So that was uh, they honored him at home with everybody wearing his jersey. It was really weird because, like, it's – I was when I was watching it, like Edzo made a comment about how like everybody looked uncomfortable in '88, but you know who looked really comfortable? Ian Mitchell. And I was like, "What?" <laughs> it's like he's like he looks like he just wear that number and be completely fine. And I was, oh, I mean, that's a weird thing to like notice, but okay. <laughs> Did he wear that number in college? I don't know. I don't know why the comment was brought up. I think everybody was just kind of like maybe he was kind of saying like, Oh, it's, it's like the 99 of like the Blackhawks. So like, it's, it's weird to wear it like, or anyone else to wear it, but apparently Ian Mitchell wears it. Well, that's weird. Yeah. Cause he was number 15 at Denver. Yeah. So, okay. All right. Well, it's all right, man. That's weirdo, cool. Edzo. 
I guess uh, when Kaner retires, Ian Mitchell's going to snag up 88 just so that uh, it can't be re- the number can't be retired right away. And then when it goes put up in the rafters, you got to put Mitchell and uh, Kaner. <laughs> <laughs> well, clearly he's not wearing 88 well enough that he got sent back to Rockford. Oh, it's like Kane? No, yeah, that's true. So, yeah, so that was a little bit weird. That came after this little two game windshield they had going, but. Yeah, the first game um, helps that, you know, honor Kaner before. It was weird, too. Like, it was such a weird ceremony and all that kind of yeah. stuff. And it was just when they were, like, giving him, like, whatever, like, gifts it was, it was just him and Keith and Kaner's, like, fiance or wife just standing there. And it was just so awkward looking. Yeah. like And he didn't want to do anything, really. Or he doesn't want to do a full celebration until fans get back in this, into the stadium, too. But they were like, well, we're going to do something. Yeah. But yeah, so that going on. And then uh, the game started. Um, Kubalik gets the Hawks on the board first. That was a huge play by Hagel. Yeah. He's he's such a beast. Like he's consistently always, like always in everybody's fucking face. And he hounds the puck. And he doesn't always make a good play, but like a lot of times it comes extremely close and the ones that hit fucking they're good. He he's really turning out to be like a better Shaw. He's a huge steal. Like, yeah. Whoever whoever scouted Hagel and was like, let's get this guy. He's a six round draft pick from Buffalo and he didn't get signed. So let's let's bring him in. And that guy, yeah, fucking man, this guy was <laughs> the scouts are good. Yeah, and so yeah, that puts the hots on the board uh, one nothing. Then um, power play goal from Suter. It was funny, like watching that one. Um, it was not a power play goal. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it wasn't. It's not listed as a power play goal. Oh, I'm sorry, I got them flipped. Yep, the third one was. Okay, this one it was funny though because Suter or Foley was just talking about how Kane's gone two games without a point. Mm-hmm. And then he drops it off to Zadroff at the point who just fires on that and Suter gets a nice little tip on it. Yeah. Um, was like, oh, there, oh, there goes that. Tip. Yeah. Beautiful so, tip. It went short side. Oof. That was great. Suter, like, and then we'll talk about the Nets game too. What I'm noticed about it is like he doesn't score, like he's not scoring a lot, but all of his goals are just right place, right time. Yeah. Like it's never like fancy goals or you know not going to be like highlight real goals i mean the tip was a pretty good highlight real goal but i mean like they're not going to be like the you know, the, the kershev goal yeah that kershev goal against detroit where he danced everybody yeah yeah it's not going to be that but it's just always the right place right time garbage goals type of thing like which is what you need you need that kind of stuff man that's true and it's it's good that he's getting himself back on the board now again was taking a little break. I feel like he was leading the rookies in goals, and then didn't score for a while. And I think after last night's game, he's back in the lead for goal scoring. Yeah, I believe so. Um, and then now the power play goal came in the second period, which was just vintage Kaner. Yeah, like Debrinket just nice little cross ice pass to Kane. Kane just picks it up, holds it, holds it. Just tosses right under the skate of I forgot what defenseman it was, but and mm-hmm. all all Soderberg had to do is just stick on the ice, yeah, hit in. And Eddie Eddie said it the best. He's like, man, if you're Soderberg there, all you have to do is just have a nice strong bottom hand on your stick, and that's going in. <laughs> like, yeah, absolutely. Soderberg's just reminded me of like when we had Panarin and Nismov, and Nismov just sat his ass in front of the net and scored goals just by putting it in the garbage or just getting like those easy tips. And yeah. it's just like, yeah, man, Soderbergh's a big fucking guy and on the power play. He just stands there and it works. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's nice having that size again. Cause it's like, that was, I mean, that was Taves spot. And then when Taves was out, they really didn't have anybody to take over that, like in front net presence on the power play type of thing. So Soderbergh being able to like establish himself as that player has been, has been huge. Very true. Um, and then, you know, there's two other two goals lifted up by Florida. I got a little nervous that, uh, you know, it's going to be the typical third period let down, but 
Ots did a good job, you know, limiting the damage. Yeah. Um, there was one example that I saw. I can't remember because now, now the two game Florida games are like meshing into one for me. Yeah. But there was a <laughs> moment where people are always talking about how we're always talking about like the difference between Subban and Lankinen. There was one play where the shot, uh, Lankinen like had it, but it just slips between his arm and just slowly starts rolling behind. And he had the awareness to turn around, find it, knock it away right away. I'm like that right there. Like, I wish I can, I got to Maybe I'll like find it and clip it. But that was like right there. That the perfect example of the difference between like what we're talking about when Suvan just doesn't have that awareness or doesn't know what he's doing because I'll play like that for Suvan. He'll, he'll look and he'll, he'll, he'll not know where it is. He'll look like the both sides of him and find it. Like Lincoln's got that good puck control, good puck management, like knows where it's at at all times. And that's why I think he's becoming like this elite goalie for us. Yeah. I mean, Finnish goaltenders are amazing and that's, we got ourselves one. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's just been crazy just to see the difference between the two players. And then we'll go on to the second game where it was just the Lincoln and show. Yeah. Yeah, what a he's he's the tanking in man. <laughs> Link the tank. Yeah, seriously, everybody thought we were gonna tank this year, and they they just thought that the wrong kind of tank. We we brought in something else. <laughs> yeah, he uh, so Hots win this game three nothing. It was a forty one save shutout for Lincoln, in, who happens to be the first rookie goalie in Hawks history to record a forty plus save shutout, which is amazing. Yeah, I mean that's not bad. Also, second shutout of the season, and the rookie shutout record is Crawford with four, and so he's tied in for a second with like a few a few guys, and I can't remember who off the top of my head it was. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Oh, I was just surprised that Crawford has it. I thought it would have been Belfour. Yeah, I would have thought that too. <laughs> that rookie season he had. Let me. I'll look that up real quick. You want to talk about the game? Yeah. Um, let's. There was not a little slow start. No, no score in the first period. Um, Kaner had a nice little power play goal, which I don't know if you saw it. What what you saw? Hmm. Um, it was kind of a. It brings up the controversy or the the question too of like what the fuck is goaltender interference? Yes. Um, Because you had Soderberg was in the blue. You had Hagel, like, pushing off of Bobrovsky. But at the same time, though, it looks like the Florida players were pushing them into into the net, into the crease area. Yeah, that's what what happened. It was was the fact that um, he was shoved over over Bobrovsky and then Kaner put it away. Also, the update on the shutout thing. Belfort did have four shutouts. So maybe the stat that they showed during the game was like in since the year two thousand or something, because it that's what it seemed like. It was like a, it might have just been like a more recent one. Gotcha. But is I mean, also Belfort played twenty or twenty three games at the age of twenty three. So I don't know if they counted that as a rookie season, even though he won the Calder when he was twenty five. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It, that's a. It's weird. These weird stats, man. Yeah. Either way. But yeah. So Kaner gets back on the ball with this thirteenth great number of the year. Um, <laughs> then Suter puts the puck again in the net for the second straight game, which was just, I just it was just an amazing play all around. Uh, Kaner with a nice pass to Brinkett to Brinkett. Coming in two on one with Suter, just throws it off the pad, so the rebound goes right to Suter. And Suter being able to corral that's the puck, kick it to his from his right skate, kick it to his blade, and just put it away. Just shovel it in. Yeah, like that right there. I mean, that's hard to do. Like, and to do it at the speed that they're doing it in, holy shit. Yeah, um, that that was Suter's tenth of the year. That's that's why he plays on that line. Yeah, <laughs> he, he's able to keep up. Yeah, it's just God. I love that kid, and the fact that it's like, like we always say, just the Swiss League MVP. Like, 
Yeah, bring him over. Bring him over. Keep it going. <laughs> and then uh, Hagel put the uh, exclamation mark on the victory with an empty net goal from about the blue line, far blue line. And I was just laughing at that, though, too, because he scores it, and there's still like a minute 40 left in the game, and Foley's just like, Hawks win! <laughs> well, they're up three nothing. This isn't this isn't like the what bubble playoffs with Columbus and Toronto. Yeah, where it's like three nothing games don't mean anything. Yeah, with, with two minutes left. <laughs> but yeah, so Hawks win. Florida beat Florida again, three nothing. Um, was a nice little nice little way to come back home. You know, and that skid that they were in, they were at what once one and six going into this two yeah. series against Florida. But yeah, and you got any comments from that game? No, I mean it's just I'm I'm really glad that the Hawks put together two great games against a team that's like in the top of the division. And like we were saying last week, like they're not out of these games. Like the scores don't reflect like how close these games actually are just because of the empty netters that have been given up like throughout the the month. Yeah. So it's good to see that these games have been going in their favor now. We get, to put, we get to score the empty netter. Yeah. <laughs> it's like one thing that like a lot of people don't realize. Like, I'm not trying to sound like a snob, like hockey, you know, former hockey player type of thing. But it's like if you didn't play the game, like you don't know how real puck luck is. Yeah. Like that is 100 percent a thing. Like it's like, you know, people are saying, yeah, like, oh, just bad box this way. And it's like, oh, the, well, the team should have been doing this. Like, no, it's. That one little bounce makes or breaks you, and it's like it's insane how real that is. Go ask me because it's a Benajad and Carter Hart. Oh, <laughs> we'll talk about that in a second. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so back-to-back wins with uh, Florida, then the Nashville's in town now. They roll with Lincoln in again. Um, Why not? Yeah, hot goalie. You get to stick with the hot hand. Um, the biggest news of this game was we already talked about a little big Kirby Doc back in the lineup. Kid right. looking like a stud out there in warmups, like he hasn't missed a beat. It's, you know, is all of his three rolls of tape on his stick and socks. Um, gotta gotta be secure. F- fucking four minutes into the game, his first. I, think, I don't know if it's his first shift. I goes and he just walks uh for what yep. defenseman is just walks him and just loses the puck at the end like yeah oh. he just just pushed it a little too far ahead yeah god oh, was, my god oh my god this kid is feeling it already yeah and that's the thing too it's his first game back so you know like the team took a few games to get into their groove so he might take a couple too like i'd like to see him put some points on the board sooner than later but like i'm not going to blame him if he doesn't get one in the first like 3 or so Oh yeah, he's he's got a ways to go. I mean, it's like the last last hockey he was playing. It was against guys like his age and younger, not NHLers, you know. Yeah. But, um, so I'm like looking at the Hots. So I'm just gonna say the Hots lose this game three to one. All three of the Hots goals against against yeah were. Were just bad defensive plays. Yeah, like every single one was kind of left linking and out to dry. Um, the first one with Johansson, he's sitting nobody near him in front of the net. Arvidsson yeah. able to throw a backhand to the middle of the net. It was Boquist that left the front of the net to go behind the net and then just got a pass slip past him. And you, I was just like, I see Ryan Johansson there, and they have the puck behind the net, and I was like, this is gonna go in. There's like, it's like it's Ryan. Ryan Johansson's a really good fucking player. Like, doesn't matter if he has like great seasons or not. Like, he's a good fucking player. He was drafted like third overall or yeah. fourth overall. Like when he was drafted, like he's not bad. He's gonna put that away. He's alone in front of the net. <laughs> he's got that long reach too. That's able to help him. Just like because because it was gonna be a little far out pass, but yeah, his stick looks so fucking long. Yeah. Um. Then the second goal. Which I don't know how to say this guy's is it Rocco Grimaldi? Yeah, fifth goal in two games. He put four in his last game. Third line grinder. It's against Detroit. (laughs) I know, but still, third line grinder. Come on. True, but that shot he took, you were like, okay, I can see why he probably put four in. He's also (laughs) he's also only five six. 
but that goal too was camp just blindly through the puck up the middle. Yeah. Why? When everybody knows not to do that in your defensive zone. And they did. That's actually both of the goals. Both goals were like that. The second and third goal were both just thrown blindly up the middle and they were just knocked down by predators. The weird thing to me too, is like that camp did it. Cause usually he's so smart defensively or just yeah. in the defensive zone. And like, if you're throwing it up the middle, who are you throwing it up to? Like, that's where you're supposed to be. You're the center. Like, I don't know. It doesn't, it's weird. Also, I was looking at Grimaldi's stats. He's got fucking eight goals and one assist. He's having himself a nice little Brandon Peary year. <laughs> and then, um, oh, Suter, three goals. Yeah, Hughes, three goals in a row. Three goal, three game goal streak. Yeah, I missed this one. What do you how did that one go into that know? was um it was a rebound. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah. I'm trying to remember exactly how it went though. <laughs> I was just like it was just him cleaning up the trash again. Yeah, right. That's all it was. It wasn't anything special. And then Edzo had mentioned about how he's kind of always there in front of like all of his goals come from like within the, the like first, like five to seven feet of like the front of the net. Yeah. He just, he just bats it between uh, Saros's legs after a cane yeah, shot. Yeah, that's right. A little oh, greasy cool. goal. Yeah. It was when they broke it down, it was, it was pretty cool. Cause they were talking about how the defenseman, he had just come off the bench and him and the defenseman were like 40 feet apart but the defenseman was so flat foot that Suter blew right past him from the bench and just was able to get to the rebound right, right before him. Just hit, they, they had like a speed tracker on him and like, he hit like 18 miles an hour in like the two seconds he was on the fucking ice. Jesus. It's like, well, that's pretty good. <laughs> and to be a young skater. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. Right. And to then 24 um... and on the Hawks. <laughs> <laughs> And then Granlin picks up his eighth of the year, which was another like turn get road. traded already. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that was it. That was an easy tap in goal there too. And it's just like, ugh. It sucks because like after the Hawks scored, they were all over Nashville. Yeah. And they it was not stopping. And then they got scored on. And it was just like fuck. Like, tough to come back down two when Literally, UC Soros is on fire. Like, yeah. like what was his his saying? his stats since he got back? Um, I guess he was like he was injured for a bit. His last five games, he's got a point eight goals against average and like a nine seven seven save percentage. Yeah, and his last seven games have been decided by one goal or fewer. Yeah, it's it's crazy. So he had a nine six seven save percentage yesterday. He started this season slow, but he's he's been ridiculous ever since. Fucking, let's see. Yeah, he's got in his last five games, he's only got four goals against. Jesus. Let's see if I can go back a little further. The last time he let up more than two goals was a six-goal appearance against Tampa on February 9th. And so, like a month and a half ago. That's some decent hockey right there. Yeah, he's not not doing too bad. Also, that's kind of stupid that they said that his last seven games, did they talk about his last seven starts, I'm assuming, because there was a time he came in at the beginning of March and he only played like a period and gave up two goals on 10 shots. <laughs> yeah, I think it was starts because I remember it was saying, I quickly saw it and they kind of like, I saw it like the last second. Yeah, it's like seven last seven. I'm assuming starts was one goal or fewer. Now it's eight, really. Yeah, because of the last night. So. Well, good thing is, uh, hopefully, he's not playing tonight. Yeah, hopefully, he's not playing tonight. But the downside is, which you pointed out as we were getting ready to record, <laughs> you're, you're <laughs> like, hey, Pecorino's probably playing tonight. It's like, <laughs> yeah, so is Subban. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm thinking maybe yeah. if you're if you're a betting folk, uh, where you're not going to hear this in time, I would say take the over. But yeah, I mean, it's not a bad idea. I kind of I want to know how. Let me find out how 
uh, Pecorino has been doing lately, actually. I kind of forgot. I thought he was having like an okay season. But I can be completely wrong. It's kind of crazy how far he's kind of like fallen off. I mean, he's like 36 or something. Yeah. He's been there forever. Where is it? What the fuck kind of shit is this? <laughs> I go to look up Pecorino and then it gives me NHL.com uh, forward stat, lead, like point leaders. What the hell is this? I don't know. Well, what do you what do you think about is going to happen tonight? You think they're going to be able to pull it off, get another get a dub? I mean, they have to. I think they. I think the adrenaline has got to like. I mean, I don't know. Like, I don't feel like they played bad yesterday. It was just nope. They made three mistakes and they got capitalized on. It's like if they can clean up clean up their defensive zone a little bit and not make those blatant mistakes, this is a completely different game. Yeah. it's. I mean, if Philip Forsberg's still not playing, he's their leading goal scorer. Um, like, they don't have, like, an explosive offense. They just – they have a really good defense. But, I don't know, if, if Pecorino's playing, he's been not – he's been on and off for March, really. He's got some games, like – in the lower 800 to like high 700 save percentages. And then he's got a couple that are like league average. And in one game, he had a nine, seven, four against Tampa, which is kind of impressive, but it's like, I guess it's what kind of Pecorino are we going to face? Are we going to face this one where he plays insane against Tampa? Are we going to play where he faced uh, Carolina played fucking two thirds of the game and let up five. You know, he's been there 15 years. Holy shit. Yeah. He, oh, he's 38. So I was fucking so I was off. <laughs> but yeah. Like, hopefully we uh, can capitalize. And uh, we desperately need to. Because um, with that right now, they're only Nashville sitting two points behind us. Um, what do we say that we have? They have one. We're pretty much close in games played. Oh, we're, oh we're yeah, just we the same. Games, we're the same. Same amount of games played, 35-35. Um, yeah, they it's we kind of were talking last week about Columbus, like we're trying to figure out what we gotta do with Columbus, but then Nashville goes uh gets hot at the right time. You said they were what four game win streak? Yeah, now they're on a four game win streak. Yeah. So like, hottest team right now in the central division. I mean, but I mean, their four-game win streak is two games against Detroit. You know what yeah, I'm saying? But those are yeah, but those are the games though. That those are the confidence builders. That's true. Those that's why we need. That's why we need to get a dub tonight and stop that shit. Because I don't want to be tied. So, <laughs> but looking at their schedule versus like our schedule coming up, I think we kind of finish the season a little bit easier than they will. Yeah, so I broke it, actually broke it down. Um, after tonight's game, there'll be 20 games left in the season. We have five against Carolina, four against Nashville, four against Dallas, two against Columbus, Detroit, and Florida, and one against Tampa. Carolina is three away, two at home. Nashville, it's split between the uh, two and two. Dallas is all at home. Columbus and Detroit are all away, and then Tampa and Florida games are at home. Yeah. God, it's insane how fast the season's going. <laughs> Only 56 games, man. Pretty yeah. easy. So the Hawks, I mean, seven games against playoff, the other two, three playoff teams, 13 games against teams that aren't in the. Uh, I mean, aren't in the playoffs or aren't currently in, aren't really in the, I mean, like, it's hard to say because it's like, it's hard to say, like, aren't really in the hunt Dallas or Detroit's the only team that for sure is not in the hunt. Yeah. But it's like Dallas, they're not good. They're not playing good hockey. I think that I don't see them making it, but I can also see them making it really difficult for us to hold on to our spot. 
Yeah, if, I would be really mad if Dallas ends up getting like Sagan and Bishop back, <laughs> like right before they're about to play us. Yeah, and it's like, God damn it, Dallas! Why you gotta go and do that? They have four games in hand on us. Yeah, but then Columbus, Nashville, all have thirty-five games, so we've all played the same amount of games. There is a three-point difference between fourth place and sixth place. Like, I don't know, man. It's – I though here, let me ask you this. Do, would you prefer to have this where it's it's exciting to watch and you're not – you know, have to be on the edge of your sheet where every, every game matters? Or would you rather be Tampa where it's just like, okay, we're going to the playoffs or in hockey the rest of the way? I'd rather just be Tampa. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather like I'm sure they're not like, oh, this is boring hockey. No, but you know, they're, no, they're, 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 they're just like, oh my god, I can't wait to get this fucking dub tonight and just stomp yeah, everybody. I guess saying boring hockey is the bad way to say it, but I mean, like, you know, I think I'd hate know. to be like Detroit <laughs> or Buffalo. <laughs> we'll get to Tanner's Buffalo trash segment in a little oh bit. It's hilarious. But yeah, so I mean, it's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be nerve wracking, and it's gonna be very interesting now. The approach that they're gonna take at the deadline, because yeah. this is doable. Like the playoff spot is not unrealistic. Yeah, they're gonna make some hard decisions here soon. When's the trade deadline? Is it mid April? April twelfth. Okay, it's a Monday. Coming up soon. Yeah. So a week from so two weeks from Monday. Yeah. Cool. Well, yeah. So Hawks got this week. They got uh, Nashville tonight. They got two against Carolina. And then they finished the week in in Nashville on Saturday. So it's two it's two in Nashville, so huh? It's two in Nashville, so that's five five total games coming up. What? No, it's not. I'm looking at the schedule. It's, oh no, it's one in Nashville, Nashville tonight. <laughs> um, Carolina for two, and then in Nashville on uh, Saturday. That's that's all. That's all this week. Four, yeah, four games. And then back at home for Dallas next week. Yes, four. So I'm saying three out of four would be nice. I mean, at least just the two two wins against Nashville would be great. And got to at least pick up a point, two points against Carolina. If it's got, if you got to push them overtime, but I feel like a lot of the games against Carolina have been going to OT. But I, I could be wrong. <laughs> Hold up real quick. Let's see. We didn't play them at all in March. We went to a shootout against them in early February, won against them in early February, and lost. One one and one. Or no, two sorry, two two one. You know. That's against it. Carolina then. That's it. I thought we played them more. <laughs> no, because we're heavy. We got oh, yeah. towards the end. We have five games against them coming up. That's true. Okay. Well yeah. Oh, just got to get these dubs, man. And the reverse retros are coming out tonight. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So. All right. Guaranteed W. <laughs> they aren't the alter- alternate jerseys, so should be a win. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. So. All right. Anything else for Hawks? No, I think that pretty much covers it. Just fucking win games, boys. That's right. Do that hockey. Let's do that hockey. Uh, um, Lots to talk about in the NHL. Let's get going. Yeah, where do you want to start? Mika Zibanejad, puck right. luck. Jesus Christ, this kid. Are you, like, if you've been living under a rock and you haven't noticed, but the Rangers weren't doing too hot, Zibanejad wasn't doing too hot to start the season, and now he has, like, 15 points in, like, five games. <laughs> and... 12 of those points come in in two games against the Flyers with two six-point performances. Fucking insane. Six goals, six assists in those two games. It, yeah, I just 
it's in it's so crazy because he had like i want to pull his points up real quick but he had like almost nothing for points and goals and then he's doing shit because i had fantasy and i got so goddamn frustrated i wasted like a high draft pick on him too yeah he he's got 27 points in 33 games now and um, like we just said 12 of those points came in two games that's insane. That's like NHL 21 rookie mode. Yeah. So he really had, like, if you take away those two, he would have 15 points in 31 games. That is so stupid. It's insane. He has uh, 10 points in his last four games. It's, it's just, I don't know what it is, but, like, if he plays against Philly, like, some more. I don't know. He could he'll just take the lead away from Connor McDavid. Like <laughs> he, scored, he scored again against Philly yesterday too. Yeah. I think when he scored that goal, it was I think it was a first period goal. So he had like seven goals in his last seven periods against them. <laughs> I saw that somewhere and I was like, oh my God. It's just stupid. Just a goal period. This is this is 1980s hockey. Is Philly like one of the biggest disappointments of the year? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know what's going on with them, but Carter Hart can't can't buy a save. I fucking had them, I think, winning the East. Yeah. I they were definitely a top team for me too. That's I just I don't know. Shit, I didn't realize Pittsburgh was doing so well. Yeah, they haven't had like Malkin, Malkin for a bit too. They're 22 11 and 2. Pittsburgh's always going to be good if you have Crosby. That's the thing. Like, he's he's not going to let the team lose. Even though I think Brian Rust might have uh, more points right now, but I could be wrong. Rust has been ter- tearing it up. He had a hat trick yesterday. Carter Hart right now has a four goals against average and an eight nine eight six nine on the season. That's not good. That's not good at all. Uh, no, Crosby has thirty nine points. Kuznetsov has thirty four. I think I have a reason. Like I know why Carter Hart's not playing well. Because I don't know if you remember last year he played super fucking well at home and terrible on the road. I think he really just needs the needs the fans. He needs the home fans to play well. He's got gritty, man. Yeah, gritty's not, not enough. I think he really needs he needs all the, the Philly fanatics, the Philly fans in the stadium just telling him he fucking sucks and then he's playing amazing. <laughs> and it kills me that kid is still so young. He's like twenty two or some shit. Let's see. Yep, I was right. 22. Fantastic. That's insane. Yeah, so if he has an off year right now, I think the Flyers, the Flyers organization's not like, oh, get rid of him. Like, you can't. I mean, not if they good. want to, I guess, you know, we could take him up as a nice little backup for Lincoln. And yeah, like they want to do a little Subban for Carter Hart swap. We'll even toss in, like, you know, a six round or two. Make it worth their while. Yeah, that's, I mean, Mika's advantage has been a bad, bad man recently. <laughs> Pumping out more of his more of his own techno music too. Owner. I don't even has anybody been more on fire than him lately? I don't think so. And it's crazy because it's like he did this last year too. Last year, five goal game against Washington. And it's <laughs> now he had a six point six points in one period. Which like, what tied an NHL record or something? And the best part was when he when they did that first game that nine was it nine nothing nine nothing. Uh they didn't have coaches. It was, yeah, it was <laughs> all was the great. NHL coaches. Yeah, and then Philly was just like, all right, now they have their coaches. So we we're gonna we're gonna make this much closer game. No, eight three. What the fuck? Philly at least, <laughs> at least Philly's got a good thing going on now. They get to play the Sabres tomorrow. 
Oh God. Yeah. Let's just get in the Sabres in real quick. Put them out of their misery. What me. are they doing? What are they going to do? So they They're- are now 17 consecutive winless games. The record is-, is the record is 30. There's 20. They have 23 games left in the season. Yeah. Can so, they do it? Yeah. Cause it, it's, they would, they would have been close to like the loss record, but they're only at like nine consecutive losses just like without a point, but I think the loss record's like 18. So they could do that too. Like they luckily had a, like an overtime loss, like somewhat recently, but like, I don't know. I feel bad for Buffalo fans. I <laughs> I was at, when I was at work on Thursday, these guys sat at the bar and, this one kid's wearing a Hawks jersey and a Cubs hat. And then I, I like checked their IDs and they're all from New York. And they mentioned they're from Buffalo. And I was just like, are you guys uh, Sabres fans? <laughs> and they go, yeah. <laughs> I was just like, so defeated. Yeah, I was like, oh, man, 15 in a row, huh? And the guy's like, yeah. I was like, feeling like it's going to be 16. Yeah. <laughs> you guys want a drink? Yeah. <laughs> you at least right. give it on the house. At least give no. one on the house. <laughs> no way, man. They're not Hawks fans. <laughs> oh. pretty, I felt bad. It was really funny, though. Like, we were talking about it last week, too, when we look at their schedule. There is no end in sight. I, I don't re- see a team that they realistically can beat. Yeah. I, <laughs> I don't. I don't know what to do. I don't know what they can do. Like, what do you, what do you change at this point? Do you do you trade everybody? Because like the the things that are weighing you down, you won't be able to trade unless you want to give away your first round picks. Like, here, take Jeff Skinner in like a first round pick. Like, I don't, I don't know. Well. If he got yeah, Stall got out. He fucking won the lottery and got traded. Yeah, right. He got dealt to Montreal for a third and a fifth rounder. Noli's text was hilarious about it, though. Like talking about like because the, they were talking about the quarantine and all that, and they're like Noli's like, yeah, no, he ran right off the ice. He's on the plane, didn't even get out of his gear. He just wanted to get out of there. Oh, he was talking about Caulfield. Oh, I thought he was talking about Stall. No, it was it was when. Uh, what was it? Wisconsin lost, <laughs> and he's just like, "Yep, he's already on a plane. Didn't even take his gear off. He's going. Montreal needs him bad." Oh man, that's funny. Yeah, but I mean, would, do you think they end up moving like Taylor Hall? I think so. I think it's inevitable. Um, I don't see the point on holding on to him. You're not. Uh, you're not going to do anything this year. And clearly, you know, it's you know, it's stupid is that they're still going to get a decent haul. Because of what he was two, three years ago. Well, the other here's the crazy thing that I saw online. It was, it was like a statistical like heat map of like the the Buffalo Sabers offense while Taylor Hall is on the ice, and then while he's when he's not on the ice, and their offense is like way better. It's not. I mean, I'm not saying the team's fucking good. It's just like they could be so much worse if they did not have him. So I. Like him not doing what he did in Jersey is not, I guess it's more not on him as much as it's on the team. Yeah. Um, what do you think of this proposal? The Hawks take on his contract. Hall? Yeah. Okay. But they dealt like, so kind of like how the last year with the laner trade or Tampa or Toronto randomly took on like yeah. some of his contract. Yeah. The Hawks do that. They so they have a year where they eat his crappy contract. Well not crappy contract, but they eat a huge part of his contract. So he can go to a team that's cap strapped. And that way we get a decent, you know, pick or you know, pick or prospect out of it for taking on that contract for the year. Yeah. I was thinking about that as like a that'd be a pretty neat option for anybody that needs a rental and like we have the cap space and it's not really going to affect our team. And it's just rest of the season, you know, and then it's off the books for next year. Cause he's only got a one year ticket. So. Yeah. 
I mean, all you do is like a picker prospect traded to us for like future considerations and like whatever you're also giving to like Buffalo for that Hall trade. And then Hall gets traded to us at like maybe retained salary. We retain salary and then trade it away. I mean, do we, would you rather just like have Taylor Hall on the team? I don't, I don't really, I don't know mess with the chemistry but yeah i mean because because you have to think like i said earlier what it's going to take to get hall you're going to have to give up a decent amount and i don't my whole thing with the hawks at the deadline is i don't want them giving away picks or prospects plus i don't know if we're like a taylor hall away from winning the stanley cup i don't think we are i really don't think we are i think we we're a good team that I think if we were, I think we're a couple pieces away. Watch for like Taylor Hall gets traded and then we can make it to the Stanley cup finals and it's against Taylor Hall, whatever team he got traded to. And we're like, we were a Taylor Hall away. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. But like I said, like it's just going back to what Bowman said before the season started is that we have, they have to rebuild our farm system. They have to get back to a point where we're developing our talent from from within and not, you know, relying on big free agent signings or, you know, trades and all that kind of stuff. So we need uh, to get a Taylor Hall. We would have to give up a lot of what, what we need for the future. Yeah. So I think that I rather just take on the contract and get, you know, more, another picker prospect for him. I think that would, that would be like a pretty good situation. It's a smart way to manipulate even, the even if it's yeah. not like Taylor Hall, but like kind of a similar maybe a guy that has like two years left and the deal's a little bit high, and we can insert ourselves into the into the conversation in order to be like, yeah, we'll we'll take a pick for it. If you want, we can give you. I some think yeah, if you if you start looking at like more than a year, I think you have to start. You know, it's got to be like within what four. It can't be more than three million. No. I mean, for the most part, like a lot of the guys, like we have, like we've gone over the de- like the contract situation a few times, but not a, not a lot of contracts are gonna need like more. I don't know, like not a lot of people are coming off their deals. Like just, everything's kind of good for two years. Yeah. It's just it's just tough too because you you don't know what's going on with Taze. Like that's the that right there is the wild card. Like. Are we gonna have all that cap space for another year, or is he coming back? Like, you better be coming back. I hope no, so. yeah, I know, but it's just saying. So it's like you can't get really too aggressive, and without yeah. really knowing what the future is. And if they do, I mean, unless they do know, and it, it's just one of those things where they're respecting Taves' privacy and not making it known what's what's going on. Yeah, we make the playoffs, and he kicks the door, and he's ready to go. <laughs> It's up like whatever rates Gretzky's playoff record for points, and that'd be great. I love it. Yeah, uh, Buffalo sucks. Yeah. <laughs> um, another quick trade that happened uh, yesterday: Brandon Lemieux to the LA for a fourth round pick. Okay. Yeah. I mean, okay. That happened. He, yeah, I can see that he fits in LA. LA is a, a grindy team. Um, then speaking of the trade deadline, um, Canada reduced the quarantine period for NHL players coming from American teams to Canadian teams from 14 days to seven. So I still, that helps a lot, but I still think you're going to see a lot of these Canadian teams. I think they're going to take their trade deadline is probably some point this week. Yeah. Trade with American teams. I think cause there's no point in training for a guy on April 12th when you're going to have like two weeks left of the season by the time he gets, he's able to play. Right. It's, yeah, I think that that's what we'll be looking at is like from now until a week and a half from now is probably going to be a lot more of the Canadian deals. Yeah. Or like U.S. teams can have their own trade deadline on the 12th. Yeah. And then, so speaking of Canadian teams, Daryl Suter Mm -hmm. was asked about Johnny Goudreau's 500th game coming up and he responds with, I hope it's a lot better than his 499th game. Yeah, I hope he has more energy. Yeah. God. 
That's what I love about the old school coaches. <laughs> Just cracking jokes. Yeah. Um, last like little two little bulletins that I have before we. There's one big thing that we're kind of we haven't talked about. Um, so one is little Frozen Four history last night. North Dakota first versus Minnesota Duluth went to five overtimes and ends with Minnesota Duluth scoring a nice little flutter five-hole goal. Um, the tournament's kind of crazy this year because Notre Dame and both Michigan uh, were unable to play due to COVID protocols. So two teams, Minnesota Duluth got a free pass to, to the second round. And then I forgot who Minnesota was playing or Michigan was supposed to play, but yeah, it's interesting that and Bennington mm-hmm. got to bring up Bennington. Yeah. Cause it, it feels good to know that they signed him to a long deal. Yeah. <laughs> uh, lets up a goal. Do we ever figure out who it was against? I think it was against Vegas. Vegas. Okay. So he lets up a goal. And he does his little tantrum where he goes and he fake slashes William Carlson because he likes to yeah. fake hit Carlson's. That's what it was. Yeah, <laughs> we went to go fake slash Carlson again, and uh, we were curious about it, so we lift up his stats and sign in his ticket. Uh, you got them there, don't you? Uh, I have in my head. Yeah, <laughs> he's got a, a point, or he's got an eighty-eight point eight save percentage, and. Just over like a three goals against average. And he's one, four, and one. Feels good. You love to see it. I did what I was hoping for all along that St. Louis would do, and they did it. You silly, silly fuckers. <laughs> Suck at St. Louis. God, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You think we were playing them this year? But... Where are they? Yeah, I know. That's what it was. I wish. Where are they in the standings now? I wonder because the, the division's not like that good. Minnesota's been a on like yeah. on fire. Cam Talbot's been uh, like ridiculously good too. Both their goalies. They're tied with Air. Oh, they have one game in hand, but they're tied in points with Arizona. Let's go, Yotes. Kessel yeah. with the hat trick last night in the the reverse retro Kachina jersey. Hell yeah! Yeah. So if. If they lose, if St. Louis loses their next game in regulation, they're tied with Arizona, but they lose the tiebreaker because they have less regulation wins. And loss, LA is only five points behind them too, and they have two games in hand actually. Which fucking LA sneak into the playoffs? Oh, speaking of Phil, I forgot about this. He played in his 1,100th game the other day. 878 of them have been consecutively played. It's pretty good. The dude's a freak. Like, there's nothing about him that that should be happening. Like, just looking at him. He's just soft. <laughs> like, he, he doesn't get hurt because everything just bounces off of him. Nothing about him is right. Like, we've gotten in a couple of his six in at work, and he's got, like, he uses an intermediate shaft, 70 flex. Like, there's no reason that guy that big should be able to use that kind of stuff. Like, it's so funny. I love him. He's he's a, he's an enigma. Yeah. So, <laughs> all right. So, we got one more thing. We're going we're gonna to wrap this up here. Um, it was kind of like the big news around the league this week. Um, there was an incident during the Nashville-Detroit game where NF, NFL, wow, NHL official – uh, Tim Peel got caught on a hot mic saying that he wanted to give Nashville a penalty. And it pretty much threw into like a whole conspiracy that the NHL refs are fixing games and all this kind of stuff. Um, not even 24 hours later, NHL fired and banned him from future NHL games officiating. Personally, this is way out, blown way out of proportion. Yeah, is that what you, that's what you think. I think it's. I think yeah. I think that it's been made a bigger deal. I think that it's one of those things. But we were talking about it, so it's like it's maybe he personally was had something going on with. The, I don't know. Like I can't assume anything or make assumptions or you know like. But there's the unwritten rule of like 
makeup calls in the NHL. Yeah. And it's an, it's not a secret. It's not even the NHL. It's in hockey in general. I used to use that all the time when we get a shit call against us playing hockey and I would say something to the ref and he'd acknowledge it and we get a call a little bit later on in the game. It's a way to keep the game in See, check and balances. And I was going to say, like, I, I was, I don't think it was a makeup call. Though. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was saying. Like, so this, yeah. one, I don't know this one. We were kind of looking, it was the first game of the series. I, I think he's just trying to determine like more excitement in the game, which is like, that's not what your job is to do. Oh, like what you're supposed to do is just make the calls. Like it's, you're not the director of the show. Like that's not how this works. Like we, like you were saying, like the, the makeup calls make sense. Cause like if your team personally gets like a shit penalty called for you, you kind of already expect that like you're going to probably end up getting a shit penalty anyway after that. Yeah. But like for the ref to yeah. just call something out of nowhere and when the game's been clean and just to like add something to it, like it's a zero zero game. Like, well, let's get this team on a power play to see if they can do something. It's like, what, who the fuck do you think you are? Yeah. I think like, so it's like after that happens, it's like all I'm seeing is like, art. I'm not reading any the articles, but I just see headlines saying like, oh, he's just the, just the tip of the iceberg with the problems with officiating NHL and all this kind of stuff. And it's like, I don't, I don't buy into that. Yeah. I, I don't see any problem with all the calls that we see when it's going back and forth games. Like I, I truly, be, I believe in the whole makeup call thing. I believe that the refs, the refs are human. I mean, yeah, right. They're going to make mistakes. That's what you're, that's what you're going to have when you have, human the human elements of the game and that's part of what makes the game the hockey hockey is having that human element with officiating yeah i mean that's one of the better parts of it though too like (laughs) like sometimes shit just doesn't go your way and it could be the puck luck that we talked about or it could be the calls and yeah i mean that's what makes things interesting (laughs) i do love robots i do love the ref on Again, the next day against, I forgot which ref it was, but it was in the Toronto game. And Wayne Simmons is talking to him, and the guy's covering up the mic with his hand. <laughs> yeah, he's just hand over. Which is like, I don't know. I feel like there's worse things that could be caught on the mic. <laughs> like, oh, 100%. Like people will just be like, fuck you. <laughs> like, yeah. All sorts of shit. Then, but, I don't know. I think a lot of people just also don't like Tim Peel. And so he might have just been made an example of. Is like the perfect excuse to get him out type of thing. Like with uh, Mike Milbury last year. Yeah. Makes his little comment and then they're like, okay, good. That's enough for it. That's enough for us to be like, you're done. So, it's, yeah, it's just, we kind of mentioned it too. And it's like the NHL is trying to grow their game. They're going to try to reach new fan bases and all that kind of stuff. And, it's going to be interesting too to see kind of how people take to the game t- because there are some of these unwritten rules such as the makeup call and all that kind of stuff. And for something like this to happen and people are going to be like, no, you know, question the entire league and all that kind of stuff with everything. But right. The integrity of the game. Yeah. The integrity of the game is fine. Like this is just, this is a guy that, I think he's the exception of what everything is going on with the officials in the league, but yeah. it's like you're talking about too. It's like it goes back to like the goaltender interference stuff, the offside rules and all that kind of stuff. It's like some of those, it's like, it's out of the officials hands too. It's like, they don't, they can only call it the way it's explained to them. And I've, I personally feel the way the rules are set up, nobody, it's like, it's just throw, a fucking dart at the board and wherever it hits is what you call it kind of thing. Yeah. Like it's just it's not clear enough. They the league itself has to to explain and get a better explanation for what these rules are. Yeah, that and the discipline. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. So um, yeah. Yeah. So I think uh I think that bot does it for me. You got anything else you wanna? No, I I got nothing else. 
it was a uh, Cole Cole Caulfield signed a deal. That's about it. Yeah, three year. Was it a three year? Yeah, three year yeah. max ELC. So that's what nine twenty five. Yep. Plus whatever bonuses or whatever. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure he's probably got bonuses, but I didn't I didn't look it up. So he'll be he'll be excited to watch. Man, some of these kids coming up. You get Eric Stahl and Cole Caulfield coming to Montreal. So oh when Stahl got traded to Montreal, they're talking about getting like the what what year is it, the 2010 Canadian team back Olympic to Canada. Oh back, yeah, because like Corey, Corey Perry, Shea Weber. Weber. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really oh. they just get everybody all together. But they can't have Taves. They can't have Taves. No, Taves stays here. Yes. But all right, so Ladies and gentlemen, that was episode 128. What are we calling it? Uh, uh, doctor's in. <laughs> doctor's in. The doctor's in. All right. So for Tanner and Jerem, that was episode 128. The doc is in. Yeah. We'll check on the next one. Let's get this dub tonight. All right. See you later, boys. Love you. Bye. The Windy City Benders Podcast. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. And follow the boys on socials at WCB Podcast.